Hi, my name is Dylan. This is Kiki. And this is Yikes. That's grim. Ooh. Ooh. Is it going to be grim? I say, so every now and then when you're leading this, I'm like, oh God. What's she coming How grim with? is it? Um, <laughs> How grim is it? Like a, like a, like a bit. A little fucked up. Like a scale bit. one to ten. Oh, like not that bad. Like, I like how you still give me a number. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a number. Out of ten? Like how, like. Ten being severe, one being not Oh, severe. like four. Oh, this isn't that bad. Baby murder. This was, ha- no. Mom, Wait, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, I meant no. like small. Oh, God. Baby would be a fucking... twelve. <laughs> fucking Jesus. Up. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> This is my first episode. Since our little break, Rooney, mm-hmm. and um, staying in Canada, and uh, we love picking on Canada. Fuck, I love Canada, but fuck Canada. No, I'm kidding. Whoa. No, I'm kidding. I love Canada. So keep me here. <laughs> um, I am sorry if you guys can hear any barking. I can hear the dog, the neighbors' dogs currently playing. I'm hoping you can't hear it, but I'll just say it now. Just adds some some ambiance to the area. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Oh, they are playing. Yeah. Is it playing or crying? Um, if it's Quill, um, I can't see. I have no idea. <laughs> no, that's definitely Ode. Yeah. No, it's Neighbor Stocks playing. Mm. It's all good. All right. So, for today, mm. for this case, I'd love to give credit where credit is due. Oh. Um, a lot of the research that I am referencing in this case was done by... Margot C. Watt, PhD, as a case study. Ooh. I'll link her paper in the description box because it goes into a ton more detail than I could ever. Whoa. And I also would not, like, fucking steal somebody else's work. Yeah. And she obviously put a lot into that paper. Mm. Um, Margot goes deep into the psychological evaluation yes. of the uh, individual of this case. Yes. Like... I want to read it. Oh, it's I. I could only read part of it because it was just so much. I love this kind of shit. It was really cool. <laughs> um, but she does also reference a lot of the facts around this case mm. paired with the psychological evaluation. Okay, so it was okay. really helpful. Um, for the the timeline of what mm. was happening. Mm-hmm. So today we are going to be talking about David Russell Williams. Mm. Nothing. Okay. Nothing. Um, a lot of the times he is just referred to as Russ or Russell Williams because that was his kind of like nickname, like mm. his buddy buddy. Mm-hmm. There's a really good chance I'll jump between calling him David and Russell because his name is David, but everybody calls him Russell. So, in October of 2009, David Russell Williams was 46 years old, a decorated colonel and commander of the Canadian Armed Forces. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He was stationed in Trenton, Ontario. This base is one of the largest and busiest air bases in Canada. So, it's it's a very important Canadian base in the military. Mm -hmm. David was the ideal soldier, and as a military member seemingly proudly serving the country of Canada Man. until he wasn't. Great. Love how that so who is David Russell Williams? I don't know. <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. Uh, David was born March the 7th, 1963. His friends and colleagues refer to him primarily as Russ. Again, as I mentioned, so I might bounce between the does two. Does he have friends anymore? Uh, maybe. Uh, mm, maybe. Okay. Well, they called him Russ. It, when, yeah, when, when telling stories of him, most people refer to him as Russ. And people at work who didn't just call him um, Colonel. Ugh. Colonel. Nope. Yeah, Colonel. Um, Williams. My Colonel? American versus Canadian. Whoa. Yeah. I didn't See? realize that. No, that's... Uh. Just to give you guys the heads up, I might bounce between the two. I'm so sorry. No, I just didn't. I didn't know either. I oh, yeah. They, no. I thought they were different. How did I? Ranks. So did I. I might be wrong, but I've seen both. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Someone roast us in the comments. is fine. <sighs> Sorry. Teach us. Yeah. So, Russ was touted as being the embodiment of what a member of the Canadian Armed Forces, quote unquote, should be. Man, that probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He flew for a number of esteemed guests. So he was a pilot. Mm. Some of these guests included prime ministers members of the royal family, including both the late Queen Elizabeth II and the late Prince Philip. Mm. So he's, like, flying some pretty bougie peeps. Yeah. 
During his service, Russ was a base commander of a secret base in the Persian Gulf and was a commander of the largest and arguably most important air base in Canada, which was referenced earlier. Mm -hmm. Trenton. uh, CFB Trenton. Mm. Russell's fall from grace is a grave reminder that though someone might seem to fit the ideal mold perfectly, you never know what's lurking beneath the surface. So he's a very good, like, wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm Mm-hmm. In school and amongst his friends, Russ was known as the drill sergeant, Mm -hmm. ironically, due to his dedication and driven personality. But from a young age, Russ demonstrated his passion for pranking, which I'm sorry, if you're like a person who's like, I love to prank, fuck you, you're annoying. You're like shitty and annoying. Like how old do you have to be to be like, my favorite thing is pranking people. See, I'm putting on a... (laughs) Oh, just drives me insane. Putting on a voice. I love pranking people. I just, it's, I don't know. It's Pranks get old. Pranks have become old. Yeah, they really have. While Russ was attending post-secondary schooling and working on an economics degree. Sorry, post-secondary. Uh, college. College, university. Man, that's confusing as fuck for me. Okay. Continue. Yeah, fair enough. Nope, okay, so, so co- mm, yes. Like after college, high school. Yeah. So, Wait, are college and university different? We're getting a little bit. Different is something to do with the size, I think. Do not. Here, too. Yeah. Okay. It's not... I don't know. It's not how you use... Okay. I don't it's know. not how you use this. It's not how big it is. It's how you use it. Yeah. It's I said not, the opposite. It's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. I don't know. Whoa. That's a sex but reference. But he flies. So this is the... Okay. Yes. Sorry. He, so he's a pilot. Okay. Um, so <laughs> while Russ was attending post-secondary schooling and working on an economics degree, mm. he gained the reputation as a trickster amongst his friends. That's Again. Weird. Yeah, drugster. <laughs> Russ would notoriously hide and wait in empty rooms and closets, no. waiting for someone to walk in, get comfortable, and then boop, fucking scare shit out of them. Stupid. So this really reminded me of a really horrible, mean thing I did to my sister when we were younger. Uh oh. My sister. She want us to know. Uh, she'll kill me, but she'll never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. She'll kill you. This is very. She. My my sister <laughs> is. Quoted um, now. Uh, doesn't have very good vision and obviously takes her contacts out when she sleeps. Mm. And she went to the bathroom in the middle of the night. It was, we were like, I think I was 13 or something. Like we were young teens. Mm-hmm. She's two years younger than me. Um, so she went pee in the middle of the night. I think I was mad at her for something. She got me in trouble for whatever, something, something stupid. And I was like, fuck this bitch. I'm scared of shit out of her. Oh my so God. I went into her bedroom and her clothes, her bedroom door, when it was open, sort of hid this shelf thing. Mm-hmm. So I went and I stood on the shelf again at night. She came back in from the bathroom, turned the light off, closed the door, didn't oh see my me. God. And I was hoping she'd see me then, but she didn't. <laughs> she got back into bed and then like opened her eyes and saw me, but she can't see. Right. So she didn't know it was me. And she just about shit her fucking pants. Like, I think she actually did pee, but like, I. <laughs> but she like, just would be. Just like the middle of the night, just screaming because she oh thought I was God. a monster, like an intruder. Our dad came in. I was in so much trouble. Anyway, it was a horrible <laughs> thing. It was so mean. But when when Russ they is, were describing, yeah, when yeah. when they're describing some of the shit he, Russ would pull, I'm sitting here like, oh fuck, I did that to my. But that's like sibling. That doesn't yeah. sound like he's pulling this on like friends, like random people. Yeah. That That's weird. <laughs> so to keep the prank train rolling, Ugh. Russ had actually learned how to pick lock doors and windows. That's, that, I don't know if that's keeping a prank going. That's weird. And got really good at moving around undetected. No. Yeah. So he's a sneaky snake. <laughs> snake um, This skill of his is going to come back later. So kind of put that one in your back pocket. Your booty pocket. <laughs> and uh, we will revisit that. Great. Russ's friends would describe him as a secretive and very private person. He spent mm. a lot of time alone and wasn't associated with a partner or any lovers while in school. Lovers. Lovers. <laughs> During his early 20s, Russ had a girlfriend, but this relationship resulted in a separation and Russ was fucking heartbroken. Which I guess, like, your first love, that that's that like, sucks. pranking her, so, like... I don't know. I couldn't find a lot of information on that relationship because he's such a private person, so he didn't, like, tell anybody. Mm. He was heartbroken. According to Friends of Russ, this breakup had surfaced some of the trauma of his parents' divorce when he was younger and had played into why he'd taken it so hard. Mm-hmm. 
Um, from here on, Russ pretty well remained single. And if this wasn't the case, it wasn't a fact known amongst his friends. Okay. In fact, Russ was extremely secretive about his relationships um, and about his personal life. He and his friends seemed to have sort of an unwritten rule about not discussing, like, the more intimate, private details of their lives. Sure. And not really asking questions. So dudes being dudes, guys. Dudes being dudes. Dudes, um, talk to each other. It's fine. okay, man. Yeah, it's cool. Talk to each other. Your, your bros don't mind. I'm telling you. Bros before hoes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Women aren't hoes. But yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> um, so this... Testy besties. Testy besties. <laughs> Um, so this was especially the case for Russ, and none of his re- friends really knew much about who Russ is. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's their guy. Yeah. But they don't know anything about him. That's weird. Um, I don't understand that kind of friendship. I don't understand that. As I mentioned before, Russ had actually attended college pursuing a de- degree in economics. But after he completed his degree, he did something that was extremely out of character for Russ. He let his friends in on a big secret. Oh no, What? No, it's, it's, it's not a bad secret. Oh, okay. Um, Rust was determined to become a pilot. He wanted to be a pilot. That was his secret. Would, would you say that his studies were not economical? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'll that was, leave. That was worse. <laughs> Specifically, he wanted to join the Canadian military and become a pilot in the Air Force. That's so random. Like, no reason? So, according to Friends of Russ, okay. though this seemed like a weird jump from economics to pilot in the Army, or pilot in the Air Force, pardon yeah. me. Don't you need a lot of training? Yeah, it's tough. Um, they, his friends actually weren't surprised. Huh? This was because Russ had recently been to the, uh, ye old cinema and seen this, this really popular movie at the time. I, I don't know. Have you ever heard of, uh, the 1986 film Top Gun starring Tom Cruise? <laughs> I've heard of it. Yeah, so he saw that. Oh, <laughs> uh, every dude walked, everybody walked out of that being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fly some shit. <laughs> Literally. Too bad yeah. he's not as short as Tom Cruise, though. That dude's like 4'9", not even kidding. Oh, he's super he's short. He's so short. Um, I thought this was funny because I accidentally had a low-key Top Gun-themed wedding. Yes, you did. I did. I was there. You were there. I can, yes. Attest to the yeah. low-key Top theme, Top gun themeage. Yeah, Top, anyway. Yep. <laughs> so he'd seen Top Gun and was like, damn, I want to be that guy. Lit. <laughs> Let's fly some shit. Honestly. Fly um, some His friends thought that this... this sort of jump was just Ross, Russ, pardon me, um, being lost in the, the fantasy of this cool action movie. Yeah. 86, like. It's like fair. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Um, and that he wanted to emulate the life of the characters in the film. So largely they were concerned that the movie was influencing this career choice simply so he could win his ex-girlfriend back. How many, how many people you think saw that film and they were like, I'm gonna. No less than 10 million. That's how many people are in the Canadian, like, Air Force, 10 million. 10 million. (laughs) Without question. Um, Good job, Tom Cruise. Yay, for making the army more popular. In Canada? I don't know. All right. I wasn't born then. Me neither. Russ joined the Canadian Armed Forces in 1987. I still wasn't born yet. Neither were you. Nope. Yeah. Not Um, here yet. He did so after completing his degree in economics at the University of Toronto. Okay. Although Russ never became a fighter pilot like Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun, Russ successfully reached one of the most prestigious Air Force ranks in the Canadian military. Interesting. So he was pretty good pilot, I guess. But like natural skill, it sounds like too, because again, like I feel like that requires a lot of training. If you're flying high profile people like you described, yeah. He either naturally had some skill set that just mm, innate or worked his ass off to get to that. So point. that's what I was going to say. Remember at the beginning when I said that he was referred to as like the ideal Canadian Armed Forces uh, member? He's probably just like that super type A dedicated person. I'm going to do this because I want to or because I'm being told to. Can't play. <laughs> nothing is going to yeah, right. Fuck. <laughs> so taking one last look at mm. the young... David Russell Williams. Mm. He seemed well-liked amongst his friends and peers. His best friend named Jeff, who is... Jeff. Ref- 
Yeah, Jeff. Um, who's referenced... Jeff. <laughs> Very 80s. Mm. Um, who's referenced and appears prominently in the CBC documentary on uh, Russ at all. No way! Yeah, okay, his best sorry. friend's in the, the documentary But so there's I'll... a documentary about him. Oh, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, totally. Um, I'll link it in the description box. I'm so worried about what's about to happen. It's okay. okay. It's not there <laughs> Wait, yet. Wait, it's already happened. Oh, God. <laughs> so, Russ was an avid trumpet player and amateur photographer and an all-around personable guy. Sure. Even though he won't tell you any secrets. Except, boom, I'm going to... Boom, I'm gonna. Russ actually emceed Jeff's wedding, and I don't know about you, but guessing from the MC at my wedding, you kind of have to be, like, funny and outgoing and, like, able to, like, talk and banter to people. Just do a bunch of pranks, maybe? Maybe you just do pranks the whole fucking time. Who? Quoted Top Gun the whole time? Plays trumpet on the mic? Wait, was it my wedding? No. Jesus. Um, now, I mentioned earlier that Russ was a very secretive person mm. and kept his relationships super close to the chest. Yeah. If there were any, again, we really don't know. In 1991, Russ shocked everybody, especially those closest to him, when he announced that he would be getting married. This came mm. as a great shock, especially to Jeff, whose wedding Russ had just emceed. Jeff had never met or even heard of this new woman. So he, he shocked everybody. Suddenly, Russ is getting married, and everyone's like, yeah, what the, who the fuck? Hell? Yeah. Literally, who is this he lady? He keeps, like, dropping these, like, things. These massive twists yeah. to his life. Yeah. yeah. In 1991, Russ and his then-wife, Mary Elizabeth Harriman, were married. But their living arrangement would prove to be outside of the norm, but probably played into how he accomplished what he accomplished. Oh, which okay. I have not yet told you. Oh, God. During their marriage, the pair spent most of their time actually living separately as their careers kept them busy and apart. So Russ's work kept him primarily stationed in Trenton. Sure. If he wasn't off flying somewhere around the world. Flying the queen around. Yeah, just casually. Yeah. With the prime minister. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Mary, on the other hand, worked for a charity organization, which kept her in Ottawa, which is Canada's capital. Mm. Okay. Although this wasn't huh. ideal, much less an easy living situation for newlyweds, it seemed to be working for Russ and Mary's relationship. I, mm, I know we just, I feel like I was going to ask you a question. I'm like, we don't know. How did they meet? What? We don't know. What? Yeah. She just is suddenly there. <laughs> she disappears. He just, he just he doesn't tell anybody anything. Yeah. So especially for Russ, considering his extracurricular activities, so. this living situation was working. Where his wife playing is. the trumpet. Right? Yeah, just playing the trumpet and just taking photos. Oh wait, that one's true. Anyway, no. I can see your face. Sorry. Oh my god! Look at it. Uh, yeah, if we ever do a visual part of the podcast, it's just me making facial expressions at you the entire time. And that it's just me trying grow to... Grow more and more afraid. Yikes. Um, yep. Yeah. So, Mary and Russ stayed married for a little more than 20 years, but ended up divorcing in 2014, just in case I forget to mention it later. They did divorce. Because um, of... Because of this. Oh, okay. So, now that you have a little bit of a understanding as to who David is... He let's, just hits us with some curveballs. That's who he is. Let's see how badly this military star fucked up. Tell me about Russell. So what did what did Russell do? Mm-hmm. So we're going to start in the town of Tweed, Ontario. On the night. Tweed? Tweed. T-W-E-D. So really hard on the list. No, it's fine. Is that where it was created? No, oh, I'm teasing. Isn't that an American band? Tweed? I have no oh. idea. <laughs> mm, I don't wear it. I don't listen to it. I don't know it. <laughs> Tweed. Um, Okay, we start in the town of Tweed, Ontario on Mm. the nights of September 8th and 9th, 2007. So, okay, like, like, this is the now times, at least. The The now now. The family home of Brenda, Constantine, and Brian Rogers was broken into while they and their 15-year-old daughter were out for the evening. Well, somebody knows how to pick locks. No, okay, okay. Okay, just go. Yep. (laughs) Upon returning home for the evening, the teen went into her bedroom and quickly alerted her parents that something was wrong. Mm. At first, Brenda and Brian suspected that their teenager was just pulling their leg or finding a reason to go shopping. She she was missing a lot of clothes. But upon inspection, something was actually wrong. It was found that all of the teen's Underwear was missing, as well as bathing suits, dresses, and other articles of clothing. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> During the police investigation, DNA evidence was found in and around the teen's empty underwear drawer. No. For months, this poor girl was terrified. Um, she was unable to go anywhere alone. She had her brothers act as protection. She would not sleep alone. She was fucking terrified. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's oh my god, yeah. Fucking weird. Um, I think the concern was that this might have been a targeted attack, but of course, at the time, it was only speculation. They didn't know who this was. Mm. At the time of this first break and entry, David Russ was a lieutenant in the Air Force mm-hmm. and the transport sector, which is a fairly high rank. Yeah. So, bouncing between a little bit, we have our first break in. This guy's doing pretty well in the Army. Mm-hmm. It's also important to make note that this is the Canadian Army and the year is 2007. So, we're in, like, it's wartime right now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, this higher rank backs the fact that his professional life, he was calm, he was logical, he had a good work ethic, Mm -hmm. he was able to make level-headed choices, he was attentive, he was passionate, he was a good military guy. He was secretive. He was secretive. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm keeping at the forefront here, this dude. Don't tell nobody anything. Uh Moving forward. So between 2008 and 2009, in the Orleans suburb of Ontario, within the neighborhood that Russ and his wife shared a home, one mm-hmm. of their homes, they have multiple homes, there were 34 similar break-ins or break-in attempts. All of these attempts were targeting the collection of female garments and undergarments. So someone is breaking into homes and stealing gals' clothes mm-hmm. and underwear. Yeah, undergarment, more specific. More specifically, it's he's stealing or, um, underwear. Swimsuits and things. Yeah. Mostly it's underwear and bras, to be honest. Oy. It's like, it's not just that, but it's mostly underwear bras. Yeah. In July of 2009, David Russell Williams was promoted to the rank of colonel and wing commander. This meant that Russ was also entitled to a house on site at the Trenton base. Okay. So he's got the house in Orleans with his wife. Mm-hmm. He's, Wait, they actually shared a house? They did, but they didn't live there together because right. they were being pulled right. apart. But that was like their marital home. He's got this house on the Trenton base. And he actually had a cabin in Tweed. Don't know it. Don't wear it. Don't. (laughs) Tweed. All right. So he's got a lot of places. Um, Mary actually primarily stayed in the Orleans suburb. Yeah. Because that's closer to Ottawa. Uh I don't know the geography of Ontario. Ontario confuses the fuck out of me. (laughs) I'll put a map on Instagram. There it is. Um, It's so Mary was primarily in Orleans. Uh, Russ was primarily in Trenton or Tweed. Okay. It's also interesting to note that after his promotion to colonel, police records show an immediate escalation in break-ins. So this is after the fact they're noticing this, but mm. as soon as he was ranked up to colonel... This is later, though, when they connect the dots. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, that's speculation after the fact. Interesting. In in these areas around his home. So suddenly he's, he's promoted to colonel... Mm-hmm. And a fuck ton more break-ins are happening. Somebody got gassed up in their own head. They thought they were real important, huh? So this was all happening while Russ was maintaining his public image. So this included... Or not so public, but yeah. Well, what the public was seeing. Yeah, true. So this included public events, playing golf with Canadian hockey legends, smiling for photos with members of council and the government, working charity events. No wonder this hit the news cycle. They're like, yo, this guy like... He was playing... Flew the queen around and he'd be taking people's underwears. Yeah. So he take the queen underwear. Is that bad to say? Is that bad to talk about the queen's underwear? I don't know. Like, is that improprietous? Are we going to get arrested? No, I just... I don't know. I don't know, generally. You never know. Like, what if he took an item of her... I don't know, whatever. Maybe. Fuck, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, So, so he's Sorry. he's playing into the role of he's a high-ranking military member. Yes. He's playing it well. Doing the thing. I'm being the person. Being the person. <laughs> so, backing up a little bit, let's go back to talking about Tweed. Do we have to? Yes. Um. At the time, the population of Tweed was only 5,200, so 5,200. Yeah. It's pretty small. Everybody knows everybody pretty much. That is my next sentence. It was the kind of town where everybody knows everybody else, and there aren't many secrets happening amongst neighbors. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, though, Russ actually had a cabin in Tweed, which is one of his three houses. It's very confusing. And he lived on a street that was dead ass called Cozy Cove Lane. About that's adorable and also terrible. Yeah, because I know it's not going to be. Good. It's not going to be good. It's but he lived good. on Cozy Cove, Cozy Cove Lane. 
It was just steps to the lake and a quiet place. It was a, it was a lake community, a lakefront community. Perfect place for murder. Maybe. Okay, sorry, yeah. So, very quiet little community. Mm-hmm. Russ's neighbors recalled that he was often at the house alone and have made speculations that they'd rarely ever seen him have even friends over. Mm-hmm. As far as they knew, Russ was a loner, but they all knew what he did for work. Mm-hmm. So, that likely kind didn't... Balanced it. Well, it probably didn't seem strange that a high-ranking military op- or a colonel doesn't have a huge circle of friends he's just hanging out he just yeah it can i mean well it's hard working in the military especially when you're a pilot sure. you're not home a lot yeah i was gonna say your hours kind of you know are difficult depending on what you do yeah sure yeah you're spending a lot of time away from your loved ones mm. though so it's probably just easier to kind of be that lone wolf type of person mm. again not every military yeah. situation is like that but for him it would have been yeah So now we're going to jump ahead to September 17th, 2009. This evening, a mother was asleep in her bed next to her week-old infant. During the night, an unknown man entered the woman's home, at which point he sexually assaulted the woman and then left. Again, this was right next to her week-old baby. Like, sorry, just sexually assaulted her and then... He raped her. Left, just left. Dipped. Just fucking dipped. What the hell? Uh, the next day, September 18th, there are videos and photos of Russ involved with a strongman event that was happening at the uh, Trenton base in which a man pulled an airplane as an attempt to break a world record. I feel like I heard a... Well, they do that kind of crap all the Yeah. So, one night, there's this yeah. rape, and then the next... He's in he's, the public eye again. Yeah, sure. So he's very good at doing this balancing mm-hmm. act. This same evening, so again, September the 18th now, the home from the previous night where he had assaulted the woman next to her week-old baby Gross. was entered again. During the second break-in, the house was robbed of, you guessed it, underwear and clothing. A week later, into now late September. And she wasn't there. I'm no, not. Because she was this, fucking yeah. freaked the fuck out. So she just got raped. Yeah. She's fucking out of there. But the police knew at yeah. this point. Okay. So someone, the, presumably the original assailant rebroke into the home. A week later, so into late September, the home was entered a third time by the assailant. This woman is protected under a publication ban, so I do not know her name. I will not mention her name. Okay. I think I refer to her again later on in this, but I'm just going to call her Jane Doe. Okay. The same day of the third break-in in late September 2009, Russ had escorted and welcomed Peter McKay to CFB Trenton. Does that nothing? No. So Peter McKay was the former minister of the National Defense in Canada. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's a pretty important dude. Yeah. Especially to like the military. Yeah. So this pattern of returning is something that would continue on. So you'll you'd that see seems it a, unwise, but yeah. Oh, it's stupid, but for whatever reason, that's what was happening with this assailant. Is David? It's it's yeah. Russ. It's him. On September thirtieth, two thousand nine. So same year. Damn, hella active. He's fucking hella active. Another woman in Tweed would be sexually assaulted during a break and enter in his home. This woman is named, she's also interviewed multiple times. Her name is Lurie Messiquat. In both cases of sexual assault, the assailant would enter the home while the woman was sleeping. They would be tied up, blindfolded, and then assaulted. Nude photos would also be taken of both women. There was one key difference in the second sexual assault. Mm. Lurie recognized the voice of her assailant. What? Nah. Just the voice. She wasn't sure why or where from, but she knew she knew that voice. Ew. Yeah. Okay. So, though both women had reported the attacks to the local police, it was only after the attack on Lori that police would actually, like, spring into action, which is disgusting, that one woman was raped and they were like, eh. But the second woman, they were like, oh, maybe. Maybe we should do something. Yeah. On October 1st, 2009, police canvassed Cozy Cove Lane, where Lori lived, mm. and went and spoke to every neighbor. So, obviously, you've already made the connection. Cozy Cove Lane, that is where Russ... But was he gone? He was not home. Ah, because he was on a fucking whatever. He was out doing something, probably at work, but Russ was not home. Mm-hmm. So they could not speak with Russ. Man. But they're like, oh, he checks out. I mean, he works for the... So they didn't know that when they knocked on his door, but when they went to Russ's neighbor's home and spoke to Larry Jones... Larry Jones... Good old Larry Jones. Larry Jones has the fucking worst luck. I feel really oh, bad for shit. him. Oh, So when they went to Larry Jones's house, they asked him their questions, and they were hoping to find out who lived next door to him, who mm-hmm. was the guy who was 
Wilson home. Sure. Larry let the police know that it was the house of Colonel David Russell Williams, the commander of CFB Trenton. At this, Larry reports that one of the police made a joking comment along the lines of like, ha ha ha, hey, I guess we don't need to come back and check on him. Yeah. Because he's a big military man, so... Checks out, it must be fine, yeah. So through the police's canvassing of the local area and with the information from the victims of both sexual assaults, police actually started to narrow in on a suspect. Uh-oh. In late 2009, police took their suspect into custody for questioning. Their suspect was not Russ. Their suspect was Larry Jones. Man, that sucks. He was a sweet old man. Honestly, in the documentary, he's just like a cute old man. And I just want to like hug him. But he was their suspect. Unfortunately, Larry Jones was detained. It took weeks to make the police realize that Larry was completely innocent. Why did they pick that guy? I think it was because Lori knew the voice but couldn't place it. So they assumed it was the old guy? Yeah. That's weird. I don't know, to be honest. Eventually, police realized that Larry was innocent. But unfortunately for Larry, this is a tiny town and news travels fast. As soon as he was seen being taken away in handcuffs for questioning, the damage was done. In a small community, news like that. Poor thing. That's going to stay with you. Yeah. This brings us to November 25th, 2009. This was the day that David Russell Williams committed his first murder. This heinous attack was against another member of the Canadian Armed Forces, Corporal Marie-France Comieux, who was 38 years old. Marie-France is described by her friends as an artist and a traveler. She was in love with life and wanted to travel the world to experience as much as she could, explore as much as she could, and eat everything she could. Mm. She loved experiencing a culture through their foods, Mm. which I think is a really cool way to experience culture. Yeah. Sometime between 10.30 and 11 p.m. on November the 24th, Russ was outside of Marie France's home when he could hear her speaking on the phone. He took this opportunity to enter Marie France's home undetected and is reported to have hidden behind a furnace in her basement waiting for her to go to sleep. Hmm. Before getting into bed, Marie France was looking for one of her two cats. She found said cat in the basement staring directly at David, which is fucking creepy. Also, how do they know that? I don't know, to be honest. I Sorry. Think, I think he reported it after the fact. Oh, so he admit. Oh, well, I think they're jumping ahead. Yeah. At this point, Russ attacked Marie Francis, striking her in the head with a flashlight he had with him. She fought like hell. I bet though. she did. The blood spatter evidence oh, is no. used to determine how hard she fought. Mm-hmm. Once Russ was able to get Marie Francis down on the ground, he was able to tie her up so that he could go secure the house, making sure no one would disturb him. Mm-hmm. During his attack, Russ took a number of explicit photographs of Marie France. He then began to rape Marie France, continuing to take photos and videos of the actual assault occurring. Marie France would end up losing her life that night. After being raped for two hours, Marie France saw an opportunity and tried to get away. Russ responded to this by suffocating her. In one of the videos that Russ took of the assault, Marie France can actually be heard saying, I don't want to die. She knows who he is at that point, too. She's trying. I would assume at this point she probably knows who it is, but he might have also been wearing a mask because I don't think there's like video of him. Do they know each other? Did they know each other? I think it was an attack of opportunity. After Marie France died, Russ attempted to clean up the crime scene, washing her bedding in bleach to remove any of his DNA from the scene. Photos of Marie France's body were found on Russ's camera with a documented time of up to 4 a.m., which is 30 minutes after Marie France's suspected time of death of 3.30 a.m. on November the 25th. As he was leaving, Russ, of course, stole some of Marie France's underwear to add to his collection. Yep. To add to how fucked up Russ is, he actually ended up sending a card to Marie France's family offering his support and condolences. Oh, I bet. That's to, like, cover your track. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So now we're moving on to David Russell's second victim. This victim would be 27-year-old Jessica Lloyd. Mm. Jessica's brother described Jessica as being witty, funny, and full of life. She was personable and easily made friends because of her positive and loving attitude. Jessica's life was cut Far too short at the hand of David Russell Williams on January 28th, 2010. So he waited about a month and a half? Yeah. Two-ish months. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So not a huge cooldown time. No. So Jessica lived in Napanee, Ontario, which was outside of Russ's typical hunting grounds. It was, however, along the route that Russ would typically take while commuting between the CFB Trenton base and Mm -hmm. his cabin in Tweed. On January 27th, on one of these trips between Trenton and Tweed, 
Russ spotted Jessica through her window on her treadmill. He's just, like, driving by places and picking people out? On January 27th, Russ broke into Jessica's home, confirming that she lived alone. He left the home and moved his vehicle out to a field next to her house, but kind of off of the road a ways, mm-hmm. so no one would see his vehicle. Mm-hmm. Once he was situated in the field, he waited for Jessica to return home and subsequently go to sleep. At this point, when all the lights were off, that's when Russ broke into Jessica's home for the second time that day. Right. And proceeded with his attacking of her. In an attempt to save her own life, Jessica complied with everything that was asked of her and went so far as to apologize when she'd done something wrong. The attack on Jessica lasted around three hours. At this point, and straying from his actions with Marie France, Russ escorted Jessica into his car and brought her to his cabin in Tweed. Police would later find large and small footprints around Jessica's home, confirming that she left the house alive Mm -hmm. and appearing that she went, quote unquote, willingly, like not dragged or anything. Yeah, she She was complying. Yeah. The pair arrived at Russ's home in the early hours of January 28th and Russ... How did nobody... Oh, man. Okay. It's the middle of the night. I know, but just... With shit going down, I'd be looking out my fucking window all the time. They already took one guy from the neighborhood thinking he's the... So Russ instructed Jessica to shower and get some sleep. Unfortunately, Jessica woke up and actually had a seizure. Jessica begged to be taken to the hospital for medical care and Russ proceeded to deny her and then raped her again. After this, he provided her with some fruit and started to kind of act like he might be letting her go. He would actually end up blindsiding Jessica, hitting her across the head. Similarly to Marie France, after Jessica was deceased, pardon me, deceased, Russ proceeded to take explicit photographs of her body. Once he was done, he buried Jessica in a shallow grave on his property. Stupid. This is all super Sorry, dirty. that's stupid. Like, ew, you know, murderers should be smarter, but like... Stupid to put it on your own lawn. Fuck you. Yeah. You're going to be found now, dick. So I know that's a lot. That's the worst of it. I promise. Yeah, that's, okay. that's yeah. You're like, this is a four. Girl. This isn't that bad. This is bad. I'll get worse. No. <laughs> Don't. I say with a smile. No. So police are canvassing the area and thankfully a good Samaritan named Lyle Barker came forward with information that would give police the break they needed. So Lyle informed police that on January 27th, the evening that Jessica's house was broken into, Mm -hmm. he had driven past Jessica's house. As it was late and dark, Lyle had actually been looking along the sides of the road while driving to make sure that he didn't see like a coyote or a a dog or wolf or something like jump out of the road. Okay. He just paying attention to his surroundings. Shit comes out of bushes sometimes. Like Sasquatch. (gasps) Call back. back. (laughs) So right before Lyle passed Jessica's house, he'd actually seen a vehicle off the road. Oh, where he parked it, where he thought no one would be in her. And when Lyle started SpongeBob, maybe he didn't think anybody was going to see it. Literally, dumbass. Lyle kind of got a weird feeling about that vehicle off the road, sort of hidden in the bushes. Yeah. It was kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird. This intuition, of course, turned out to be correct, and Lyle had actually spotted Russ's car. Mm-hmm. With this new information, police went out to the field to search for evidence, and they ended up finding the tire tracks. Perfect. In the following days, police would set up roadblocks, checking the tires of passing people. Mm-hmm. They knew the tire treads they were looking for, and they ended up getting lucky. Russ actually went through one of these checks, and uh-huh. the police checked his tires, seeing that they were a match. Uh-huh. But police let Russ go, because, okay, you've got matching tire tracks. That's not enough for us. Sure. They wanted to catch this fucker, and they wanted to actually get him, so mm. they decided to put a tail on him. Nice. So police had been suspicious of of Russ after this road check. Mm-hmm. Police had been suspicious suspicious of Ross. Russ, Jesus Christ! Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. That was beautiful. Okay. Police had been suspicious of Russ after the roadblock, in which he told police officers he was in a hurry and had a sick child at home. What? The police? Is- they don't have kids. No, he doesn't. He was lying. Mm. He was just trying to get away quicker. He's the sick kid. He's the fucking sick kid. The police had been acting as though they were looking for drunk drivers. So this lie was, Mm. oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sure, yeah, bye. When the police realized that Russ had lied about the sick child, suspicions grew. Sure. On February 7th, 2010, police brought Russ in for questioning. Okay. During the interview, police were able to match Russ's footprint to those found outside of Jessica's home in the snow. Gotcha. Because Sucka. Thank God for Ontario and snow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eh. The only time anybody <laughs> will say that. As the interview progressed, 
police had obtained a search warrant for William's home, mm-hmm. and eventually, Russ realized that the jig was up. Yeah, dude. It was at the this point that officers asked one single question. Where is she? Which she? Uh, Marie France. Or, I, pardon me, Jessica. Yeah. Because, because, sorry, they found the other one. Yes, her body was found. Like, in the basement? The thing was, they didn't actually connect these two cases yet. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. So the But somebody found her, eventually. God, that's Who, Marie Francis? Yes. Yes, she was found. But they didn't like have a suspect welfare yet. welfare check, probably, since she's armed force. You know what I mean? Like, oh, didn't report to duty. Yeah. No, okay. to be fair. Sorry, I was just, yeah. Totally fair. So, again, as I have now said, they originally hadn't actually made the connection between uh, Jessica's case and the Marie Francis murder. Right. Or any of the other sexual sure. assaults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But once Russ figured out that the jig was up, he sang. He oh, told yeah? everything. So David Russell Williams was arrested on February the 8th, 2010 and shocked all of Canada. In his confession, Russ confessed to the murders of both Jessica Lloyd and Marie Francis Comois, the sexual assaults of Lurie Massaquat and Jane Doe, and the break-in entries. But didn't know them. Not that it's I like thought. this lady and yeah. whatever. Okay. So overall, it was found that Russ had broken into 82 homes. Yeah. Scoping s- them now, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Had stolen around 1,400 pieces of clothing, most of which had been underwear or lingerie. Yeah, what's up with that part? Photos of Russ's crimes were ultimately uncovered, including the discovery of photographs of Russ himself wearing female underwear and lingerie. Oh, I mean, Okay. There's like, a fascination with that. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. He's, he's, that's, which like, I don't want to call it cross-dressing, but experimentation with wearing victims' clothing. So. They're just treasures, like any other thing people oh, totally. take from. Mm-hmm. Anyway. In a quick turnaround, David Russell Williams appeared in Belleville, Ontario court on February the 8th. So the same day he was arrested mm-hmm. and was charged with two murders, two sexual well, assaults. I mean, he's admitted. So oh, like, that's a yeah, fast turnaround. Totally. That's easy for them now. Exactly. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, you're guilty. Like, bye. So he was charged with the two murders, two sexual assaults, and forced imprisonment of Jessica. Mm-hmm. Later, an additional 82 charges would be laid against him. Right. Those were the breaking entries. Yeah. <laughs> During the Easter weekend of April 2010... Guards stopped Russ in an attempt to commit suicide by shoving a cardboard toilet paper roll down his throat, and he was placed on 24-hour watch. Is that so? Sort of thing. I guess it was sort of like he was going to put the cardboard down his throat to choke himself because it would get all like gunged up with your saliva. Yeah. Block your throat, and then so basically, when he was caught and he realized everything was done and over with, he was like, "Fuck, I can't." I can't. I don't want to live with all of the guilt I'm feeling. And no, all I don't want to shame I'm feeling. So I don't want to live with fucking getting punished for the fact yeah. I did something bad. Exactly. I don't so, think it's any remorse for anybody else other than yourself, mm-hmm. generally. Again, not about suicide. I mean, in this case. I want to be very specific about that. He was pissed he got caught. So... On October 22nd, 2010, Russ was sentenced to a two-life term imprisonment Mm -hmm. with no possibility of parole for 25 years, as well as being a registered sex offender. Sorry. Hit me. Stupid question. Hit me. There is no death penalty in Canada, is there? Mm. When was that? For another time. I was going to say, when was that ever? Was it ever? Um, I think it was. I don't think... I think it's a... Uh, mid 1900s. Okay, thing. so when we're talking about high profile cases or people that have done things like this, it's always generally life imprisonment. Yeah. They will die there. Yeah. Uh, I I really don't remember when Canada abolished the. It's the cool. Death I was just. Yeah. I was thinking, like, geez, I mean, you're, you're guilty, guilty, and you admit it. It's like that I could see is like, yeah, you're going to fry. Thing- <sighs> I have a really hard time with the I'm death not, penalty. I'm not into it, so I was just curious if this yeah. was one of those cases. No, no, we... so he, he was just on a life sentence, or okay. two life sentences. Yeah, which, like, that's, for another time, that's where I struggle, like, death penalty versus, do you know what I mean, though, when someone's like, oh, they got three life sentences, I'm like, okay, but, like, they only yeah. live one life, so they're not I, feeling three, they're feeling I one. I think that's that it. the thing with the number of life sentences is how many years you can go without having a chance of parole. That's stupid. I think it's something to okay. do with that. If, if I'm wrong or if we're wrong, correct yeah. us, whatever. Comment, well, I'll text, look at it later, too. Fucking text. Email, email text us. us. Text us at... Yikes, that's grim. Um, Shit, I can get... 
<laughs> 1-800-YIKES. Nope, that doesn't fit. Anyways, right, whatever. Yeah. Um, so during his time in the Canadian Armed Forces, Russ had actually earned a couple of prestigious awards. Nah, take those away. Don't worry, they did. Yeah, I bet. So these were a Southwest Asia Service Medal, which is given to... I don't know why I thought you were going to say Southwest Airlines. Like, this, is not a good, this is not a good time for them. Don't quote them. No, 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 no. Southwest Sorry. Asia Service Medal, which is given hey. to CAF members who uh, directly participated in the efforts against terrorism in Oof. Southwest Asia following 9-11. Nah, he's just doing some domestic terrorism instead. This is actually the fifth highest war and operational service medal in Canada. So it's a big one. Um, it actually also had an Afghanistan clasp. He'd also been presented with a Canadian Armed Forces decoration with one clasp, nah. which is just representing of having someone who's served in the military mm-hmm. for 12 years in good standing. Mm-hmm. Keep keywording there is good standing. Mm-hmm. So if you fucked around and found out, your 12 years kind of restart sort of thing. So... A clasp just means it's like one honor. Mm-hmm. So instead of giving you like eighty-seven medals, yeah. we're gonna get, give you eighty-seven Clasp. clasps. So it just makes it Denoting easier, I guess. Something. Yeah. Okay. Because especially if you're like getting the same award multiple mm-hmm. times. So of course, as we've now mentioned, following his arrest on February the eighteenth, he was immediately stripped of all of I his military so. titles and his honors. This is our case. This is the horrific case of David Russell Williams. So he is in... Horizon. But like, is there maximum, minimum? I'm guessing he's like max. I mean, in the nicest way, not really about him, about the concept of like, if you're on suicide watch, you have to be moved out of that when sort of that risk is has sort of abated yeah in terms like this um because like you said they want someone to live out their sentencing yeah for maximum amount of displeasure and solitude and and reformment or you know feeling (laughs) fucking feel bad for yourself feel bad for other people you did a fucked up bad thing you should feel bad no totally um but I don't know, like, what that means then, of, like, how long they would determine someone stays on suicide watch because they get, it's basically isolated and they don't get anything or do anything or have anything. I was going to say, I think the suicide watch depends on the situation. Like, if, if they're mm-hmm. if they're not able to kind of see any sort of progression in the, okay, they're not going to try and complete suicide. Right. But that means, like, where is he? Yeah. To me, now. I'm like, no, where totally. he is. Yeah. So he's... he's Still behind bars, he will Somewhere. be for a long ass I time. I if he's in like the hole, like by himself, solitary, basically. He'd like solitary. True. So that might be too enjoyable. He might like it. Yeah. But I will show you the uh, photos of him in the lingerie. I so don't mind see. that. I'm like, okay. I'm just. I'm. It's curious that it's like it's not ever denoted as sort of like what's that about? Like, yeah. I don't mind whatever, whatever, cross-dressing or drag or any of that stuff, like, where, you know, there's just one person that's assumed gender Mm -hmm. uh, dressing as the other or some other gender. I'm like, whatever. But I'm more like, okay, but he stole this from people that he subsequently either just was spying on, looking after, whatever, Mm -hmm. stalking, essentially, to straight up murdering them. I'm like, that's the part that's like, all right, man, like, what's... So in that's that, his treasure rather than taking like a lock of hair or yeah. you know something else he's gonna take pictures of himself in the treasure that he yeah. stole from them that's the part I don't really so in, love and this is part of when I mentioned at the beginning um the paper or pardon me the the case study by Margot Seawatt mm, PhD see I'm probably she goes into a lot line. of yeah she goes into a lot of the the sort of it's like calling card type shit. Yeah, and I think, if I remember correctly, she spec- made some speculations about sort of his parents mm-hmm. and their divorce and his need to to stay secretive and sort of take instead of ask for. Mm-hmm. She goes into it really well. It, it was really cool what I did read. Again, it's long and it's heavy and I don't understand half of it because I don't understand that <laughs> language. Hmm. But... That would fascinate me. It was cool. I wonder if we're, like, similar, like, uh, like, uh, granted, like, PhD, she outranks me, but sort of, like, that same wavelength of, like, secretism, double life type of interest in maybe another gender, therefore Mm -hmm. taking power from a different sex, a woman, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, domineering that, what, I don't know, I don't know, it could really get dark, fast. Yeah. Pictures like that, I'm sort of like, eh. Okay, man. What? Where was all the underwear and stuff? At his house. 
The one on the one that his wife has never read. That I hope they fucking change the name of now. Yep. Great. Oh my god, wait, what happened to the guy? He, I mean, again, That he they was, took in for questioning. He was uh, Actually, no, they took him in. He, yeah, they took him in. That Aww. was um, Lloyd. Did they, like, I don't know. What can you do? I don't know. If his yeah. life's destroyed. That sucks. That's yeah. really shitty. Really, really shitty. Yeah. Especially because he's like, oh yeah, this dude lives next door. And they're like, never mind, you're guilty. What? Yeah. They're like, peek in the windows. Maybe we'll see some underwear. I don't know. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a I tough feel case. I so bad for that guy. I do too. Again, he was the cutest. The only man. guy I feel bad for. <laughs> situation. I mean, obviously, sorry. I obviously feel bad for people that got murdered and assaulted. I feel bad for that guy. He's alive and has to like tell this again, over and over again. Yeah. And his life got ruined. It's tough. Anyways, uh, okay. I don't case. know if I would rank that as a four, babe. Uh, I go with like the gruesomeness. We'll see what's a 10 for me. No. I'll have to walk out. You'll hear the mic soften. I'll just leave. Some, somebody's her shutting door. It's like, oh, well, and Kiki's gone. Bye. Bye, Kiki. <laughs> well, yikes. That's grim. And that's today's case. Yikes. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as enjoyed You did not is... enjoy it. You just have watched my facial expressions. Just that face crack. Oh. Um, if you guys have any suggestions, comments, or concerns, mm. shoot us an email at yikesetscram at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow us on socials, Instagram and Twitter at yikesetscram, or on Facebook group at yikesetscram podcast. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you guys, we'll see you next week with something from Kiki. That won't be that. That won't be that. Murder. Oh Murderino. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> I just look scared. You just look stunned. Yeah, just a bit. Anyways, bye guys. <laughs> bye.